Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Seizure Room. I'm your host, Cole Goodman. And before we get started tonight, I want to just talk about something that has been in the news that we've seen coming across our TVs on Facebook. Uh, and that's where this BLM movement is going and where we're at. I want to reference the Chiefs and Texans game that occurred last Thursday. Um, within the NFL. We see players go to the center of the field and lock arms in unity. Black, white, Asian players lock arms in unity with a cry, a cry for this country and this country's leadership to start making changes when it comes to social justice. And what were they met with? They were met with booze. They were met with booze over unity. This is how you know it was never about the flag. When Colin Kaepernick took that knee in solidarity, when he took that knee to shine a light on an issue that many millions of Americans are affected by, it was all, oh, he's disrespecting the flag. Oh, he doesn't care about America. He's he's not patriotic. Well, you know what I got to say to you? When you boo players at the center of a field of all colors coming together and you boo unity, you're not patriotic. We need structural change in this country, but we're not going to get it with people constantly throwing up roadblocks and walls against people who are marching for that change. Now, a lot of people are going to say, you know, there are people out there who are looting. There are people out there who are destroying uh, police cars, who are, are, are vandalizing our communities. And I'm here right now as a black man to tell you that I do not condone that action. But when you boo unity, when you boo people trying to shine a light on an issue in this country, you're the problem. You're the ones that are standing in the way of us getting a country that is better united. A country where everyone is treated with fairness, equality, and equity. We have congressmen like Congressman Scott Perry, who are coming out and saying racism isn't systemic. And I don't understand how people can view racism as systemic. And these black, these murders of black men and women are sensationalized. What? What? What are we doing? This country's broken. This country's incredibly broken. And you're either on the side of being fully anti-racism or even if you are silent, you're complicit. When I saw those players get booed, I knew it was never about the flag. I knew it was never about the flag when Colin Kaepernick took that knee. It's about people that are comfortable with the status quo that we're seeing in this country. 
people who are comfortable and okay with black men and women having their necks pressed on and saying, I can't breathe and being murdered. People who are comfortable with our law enforcement and our police departments, departments that were created off racism and oppression and targeting of people of color, people who are comfortable with, with that being the status quo. Well, you know what? We're not stopping. And none of us can stop. Whether you're a white person who's living in a rural part of Pennsylvania and are surrounded by people who are comfortable with that status quo, speak up. Keep marching. Keep posting. Keep calling out racism when you see it. If you live in a city and you see, you know, uh, marginalized communities being treated unfairly speak up don't stay silent we need everyone to keep this movement going and as president obama said don't just boo vote we need everyone to get out and vote in this election so we can see those reforms start to change our communities. It was never about the flag. And for people who still think it was, you're wrong. You're misguided. We saw last Thursday that even when people come together for unity, they get booed. We're not stopping. We're going to keep going. And we're going to get the change that we need to see in this country. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seizure Room. I'm Cole Goodman, your host, and we are bringing out from behind the camera our wonderful producer, uh, Savannah Mon, and we are going to have a wonderful discussion, uh, especially about something you're very passionate about, something you're very professionally uh, knowledgeable about, uh, and I'm super excited to have this conversation. Savannah, you want to say hi to the our listening audience? Hello. How's everyone doing? No response, because... I can't hear it. Um, it's awkward for me, Cole. And thanks for allowing me to be in front of the camera this time. And uh, Anytime. with the mic in front of me. I'm usually the guy behind the camera, um, behind the microphone, controlling the strings. So it's a little awkward for me to be in front of the camera, but I appreciate Well, you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, let's get right down to brass tacks. Yeah. I really want to get the, into the conversation of how social media and how technology, I know this is very broad, yeah. but how is it not only affecting our society, but how do you think it's affecting our 2020 election? Now you've worked in all yeah. types of, you know, avenues and venues and first 
can you give a smidge of background? I know you did in the first episode about yourself, but then can you get into that answer of how do you think it's really affecting us as a people, as a country, as an electoral system? Sure. No, um, to, to give to those who don't know who I am or did not see the first episode, my background in media, um, I've been doing this now for about 20, 26 years, mm. uh, graduate at from University, um, lived in LA for eight years where I, I consider that my master's uh, of entertainment journalism um, studies. Worked in uh, at Channel One News, where I was an associate producer. And for those who are not familiar, Channel One News is a high school news program um, that was kind of pushed into twelve, uh, pushed into high schools across the country. Twelve million students were watching it. It kind of set off the careers of some notable journalists, such as Lisa Ling, uh, who was on The View. Um, Anderson Cooper mm. on I CNN. I love me some Anderson yeah. Cooper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and, and a few other notable women, Maria Menounos, who's on Access Hollywood. I mean, that's not very journalistic, but she, she started her career there. And all three of those individuals I actually worked with when I was there. Um, but, uh, while it was my time there at Channel One, I was able to also do some work, uh, in the underbelly of Hollywood, working in agencies, uh, with Ray Romano and other, really prominent celebrities, mm -hmm. really understanding how TV shows and content get created um, on a very large scale. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I moved back to Pennsylvania and worked on many agencies. Uh, and until recently where I started my own company um, called Greenfish, and we focused on virtual reality, which is a very progressive technology. And I kind of did a deep dive into understanding how audiences responded um, to new technologies, how consumers or excuse me how brands and companies were creating content to effectively engage uh an ever-changing um insatiable appetite um from a younger audience that was on youtube on mm. tiktok mm -hmm. on facebook um, a digital generation so that was where i spent most of my time and even moving forward i i have uh I, i'm moving into xr and vr Having all said, having said all that, uh, content and story is kind of the, the heart of everything I, I focus on, and um, which is kind of why I'm working with you, Cole, really, because I do see that the 2020 elections, uh, and really just in general, um, social media and the way we consume content has changed drastically, mm, and dramatically. Well, I mean, truth be told, most of our content that we get. It really revolves around this thing, the smartphone. Um, mm. And for, I mean, many people who are watching this know very you well. You may be watching it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. This is a very powerful device. For better or for worse, it is what controls most people's lives. Um, this is how we access content. This is how we share content. This is how we communicate with each other. This is how we buy things. This is how we just, in general, get our knowledge, you know, through this thing. Mm. Um and many people don't like it, but they have us literally by the cojones mm. with this with this device. And so we've seen it in 2012. We've seen it in 2008. We've seen it primarily in 2016, yeah. uh, especially 2016 with um, the way the Russians were able to create uh, content um, that was able to sway a country as powerful as the United States 
to go and side with um, President Trump. Um, isn't that, that's so sad. Like that, you know, the, the, the misinformation that mm-hmm. you were harping on that Russia was able to like, how, how uh, to our listening viewers, how do you, how would you suggest people delineate, especially coming up in this election with that's a possibility that's, again, how do they delineate, yeah. delineate what's, what's fake What's not like, and I think this is the biggest challenge we have as a country and as human beings in general. And this is how technology is able to flourish and these platforms are able to flourish is that the truth of the matter is that most humans, and I won't even say Americans, humans in general, we saw it happen in Brexit. We've seen it happen in Europe with Brexit. We see it happen all across the world with these regimes that are able to get people to believe in something that that you know that that I would say intelligently intelligently you would not think would happen mm-hmm. um the fact of the matter is that both left and right we as humans we are very emotion driven yeah and we don't like to necessarily do our research we don't necessarily like to do the work to find out fact versus fiction. And I think that's what plays social media very well. And I think that's why the Trump campaign and, you know, other other campaigns that rest the Russians were able to sway a population because it is all about dividing. It's all about creating emotion, fake or not. That's why memes work. Mm-hmm. So they knew that a certain demographic, so Facebook and, and, and primarily is primarily used by the boomer generation, mm-hmm. Generation X. I'm part of that generation. Oh no, don't come at me. I'm always on I, Facebook. I know. Um, I'm just I'm telling you the truth, man. <laughs> and 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 statistics show us that the older generation tends to go out and vote in droves. Um and so where do you want to, you know, what platform plays best to that generation? It's Facebook. Mm. And so they create content that drives people and most people, when you, and this is why it's, it's called clickbait. It's n- it's not meant to get people to actually drive to come to read the article. Most people don't read the articles. They, they see an article that says the a headline that says "Black Lives Matters destroys homes." Uh, I'm just using that as an example. Um, it's a triggering mechanism yeah. to get you to come to that site because, and then you read the comments. The comments is what drives people to really for lack of a better word, engage in, in the material. Engage. And I would I would also say like fight for what they believe in. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, like uh, so passionately. But it also, at the same time, it you can get people who will be able to spread misinformation that way. Yeah. And it's, and, and just in general, we are lazy. We are lazy as, as human beings. We don't want to do the research. And so it's all about emotion. You create emotion, you create them versus us. Uh, and that's what social media is really good at. Mm. Um, I've always joked about this, that I think, you know, Facebook and Twitter, when they were created, they they were created with the purpose of having good intent to connect the world, to be able to, be able to share knowledge, to be, have one step closer to the celebrity, to influence Follow our, your family, even for exactly, a little more yeah. personal. Yeah. But then it took on a life of its own. Mm. And those are things you sometimes you can't control and then you, you can't foresee. And it became such a powerful entity that it swayed elections and it's changed the way the world thinks and communicates with each other. Yeah. Um, it's, 
it's scary, honestly. Uh, and I, I said this before, I joke that people who created Facebook and Twitter don't use the devices themselves because mm -hmm. they, they recognize just how powerful and dangerous it is. Um, Interesting. But Interesting. It's, it's a systemic problem, even in technology. I mean, it's, and I don't see any really, I don't see any really solution until we learn how to kind of break free from the grip that technology has on us. And that's what I was going to ask yeah. you next. Yes, but I we got to take a break yeah, right course, now. Yeah. So we're going to be right back with the seizure room. We're talking tech. We're talking 2020 election. We're talking misinformation, Russia collusion. Uh, and we are here with our producer of the seizure room, Savannah Mom. And please sit back, go get yourself an adult beverage and join us uh, as we we will be right back on the seizure room. Welcome back to the Seizure Room. We're here with our producer, Savannah, uh, and we are having a fabulous in-depth discussion about how technology and social media is really playing a role, excuse me, in the uh, the fabric of our country yeah. and the 2020, not even just the election, but how we communicate with yeah. others. Now, let me, let's jump right back into it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Facebook Twitter and these huge conglomerates of, of social media companies, do you think they've done enough to cease the spread mm. of misinformation? Uh, not even when it just comes to elections, but I'd love for you to comment on that. Um, but when it comes to uh, just misinformation as a whole, as a whole, you've seen, we've seen yeah. them like take um, a step back and be like, Oh my gosh, we got to do I, something I, about it. I what think, do you think? I think the, the tech giants have, have had a come to Jesus moment. Um, a couple of years ago. I mean, they've been called out having congressional hearings, mm. um, mm. to try to police themselves. Uh, I mean, I think we have to understand that technology, even though it, it has a lot of great, uh, applications for our personal lives. At the end of the day, it's a business and it's all about making money. Um, and social media, the act of social media, even though it's, f it's free for us mm. to use, but we are giving something up and what we're giving up is worth a lot of money to a lot of people. Um, what we're giving up is our privacy. We're giving up our, our knowledge, not our knowledge, excuse me. We're giving up, what we what drives us as human beings, they're able to get into our heads because we're freely giving it to them by um, choice. By choice, yeah. Um, that is kind of the exchange of using technology. That's why Gmail is free. That's why YouTube access to YouTube is free. That's why Facebook is free. Mm -hmm. Twitter is free. But technically, nothing's ever free you because know? you're giving up something. You're giving something up. Yeah. You know? So these supercomputers um, are able to figure out what makes us tick. What 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 makes us angry what mm. makes us happy and how and let me just because you've been in the business and you've worked with those huge companies yeah. how how do they do that i mean that's a that's a discussion that is for a different podcast but okay. it, it really digs into algorithms and it's all done by design now i, I suggest for people who have not seen the netflix documentary uh, social dilemma yeah, to really you were watch it about that yeah um, it really deep dives into um, just how dangerous and i say this how dangerous social media can be mm. and how powerful it can be i mean don't get me wrong when you, when used for good 
it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives us connections that we've never had, could could ever possibly imagine. But at the same time, <clears throat> it creates dilemmas and problems that we've never thought about. Right. Um, and so, you know, going back to what I was saying, you know, the tech giants have had a come to Jesus moment to try to fix it, try to make, you know, the 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 products that they created go back to what was intended for, for good. Um, I don't know if it'll ever can go there. Can you put that back in the box? I don't that know if you can, because now it's out there. Mm. Um, and whether it's Instagram or it's TikTok, it's always going to evolve into something different for every generation. Mm. And those who want to use it for ill will find ways to 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 to, to take advantage of that. So um, it's changed the way people have looked at content. And and really, I think what social media has done really hardly uh, is it's made us less empathetic as human oh, beings. Oh, gosh. Oh, um, my Lord. And I think that's the biggest issue yes. we have is that we no longer care about uh, our fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. We get triggered very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, truth be told, I mean, and I'll, I'll just use an example. Uh, and you know this. And we shared this before we got on the podcast. I, I do a lot of work in documentary filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm working on a project with um, an organization called Burn Pitch 360. It's a documentary about vets. Uh, it has some big names attached to it. You might have seen some of the news uh, hits recently with John Stewart, mm-hmm. um, who we're working with also on it. But... I was in Washington, D.C. this past week, and a, a certain uh, congresswoman came out to kind of say hi to mm. John. And what congresswoman was that? Uh, her name is, uh, well, we'll go by AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. God bless her. Yeah. Oh, God. So, you know, whether you like her or not, she was there to say hi. And she's a, she's a, she's a person of, uh, of popularity, you know? polarizing whatever you like however you view it you know and i don't really get upset by her um, i don't agree with everything she does or says but it, it doesn't bother me too much mm-hmm. and i took an opportunity to get a picture with her a selfie okay and i'll probably post it up right now in the video but uh and i decided to have some fun with it and i just simply posted on my facebook page i just simply posted aoc asked me for a selfie and i obliged it was done in lighthearted nature. Mm-hmm. I meant no mention of political socialism, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and majority of my friends found it very entertaining. They liked it. They, you know, they mentioned, oh, that's awesome. But there was a few select individuals who got triggered by it. Like they were so angry by it. Hmm. They saw their friend Savannah with AOC. And, you know, they could have simply put an angry sign right or whatever. angry react but or, the, yeah. the comments actually surprised me i mean like they were triggered like they had to say something and this is the part where we've got to a point where in, cult, in our culture where we're okay with saying some violent things mm-hmm. and i know on that, both sides on both sides I mean, yeah. left the left say it too don't get me wrong but it was like punch in the face for me or i wish there was a grassy knoll mm. i mean we know what that means mm-hmm. um and it was inciting violence and i'm like really guys like mm-hmm. i wasn't trying to push an agenda i was mm-hmm. pushing something funny with aoc and but that is so fascinating how our media and social media are able to make individuals so polarizing yes. that you can't even look at them as individuals anymore and I, and I think the same thing happens with the left like some people on the left will look at someone wearing a maga hat and automatically go to racism, yeah. racist, and it, it irks them. Um, same with people on the right. 
um, people who see BLM, BLM and will automatically go, terrorists, cop haters, thugs, thugs. And yeah. they're like, ah! Right. And like, it's like, how much energy do you need to waste to kind of <laughs> to really spend on that? And I mean, look, I mean, truth be told, let's see, we'll just jump right into it, Cole. I mean, I, I, I go on your Facebook page mm. and there are two or three individuals that mm -hmm. usually will just troll yeah. on your page. And I'm not going to mention them by name, but most people who know they are, I mean, if you follow Cole on his Facebook page, and I spent a lot of time going, why are they wasting so much energy on mm. this? But at the same time, I know what they're trying to do. Yeah. Because your followers will, and I, I've told you this many times, Cole, like, you just got to ignore it. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's so, it's difficult sometimes. It is, it, it is. Because there are some times that you could have a bad day and you're just like, God, I don't want to deal with this crap. But you're absolutely right. Like that. People like that, and I won't even name their names either, yeah, and you are know distractions. What? But this is the problem. Our society and what technology has created, this, this is a, it's a drug. I mean, science tells you that Facebook and getting these dings and these comments, it's like endorphins. Yeah. It gives you a hit of energy. Right. Um, it's like speed, uh, where you feel justified. I've never heard that before. No, Facebook but it's what it's kind of like. Connected to speed. That's very interesting. It, 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 it excites you. It yeah. makes you like engage so i mean there's this there's this saying i mean where it's like social contagion um and i don't know if i'm saying this correctly but what social media does is that you know when you and i can have a conversation mm. in person or with someone I, I don't have you know the same beliefs on and like i just came back from a conversation with a bunch of trump supporters and we can have truthfully in person very civilized human, you know, adult-like conversations and no one's punching each other in the face. We yeah. might not agree on every subject, but we're, like last week, when you when you met with Jeffrey, mm -hmm. you guys are total polar opposites, yeah. but you could sit there and have a really human conversation, adult conversation. But when you put it in the in the, in the spectrum of, of a social media where mm -hmm. you don't get to see the other person's reaction. Fashion, right. Um, and, the, and, and even worse is that I might see a comment from someone who I'll never know or ever meet uh, who might live a thousand miles away, but because it lives on social media, I can read it over and over again. It stews in my head. Yeah. And, and I see other people's actions. And, and also yeah. instead of ignoring it where maybe you and I, and you might've said something to me that was offensive, but it's a fleeting moment and mm. I can forget about it real quickly because I don't relive it. But on social media, it's there for you to see and relive and it stews. And the positive adult thing to do is to walk away mm -hmm. and not say anything but it's too damn easy when you're on your phone to go yeah. well this is what i think right and then all of a sudden it's a waterfall of emotion and then you're just spending so much energy and really at the end of the day what does it get you nowhere yeah. other than yeah. a very divisive country where we all see each other fighting right and, and, that's we're, the problem. and we're also yeah. seeing the spawning yeah. um of these keyboard warriors, as I like that's to call them. And some people are very good at it. Yeah. And that's their intent. Their right. intent is to, and that's why Russia, they they were very smart in this. Uh, they were very smart knowing that Americans and humans in general are just emotion driven. And it takes one person, right. one troll to go on your page, yeah. put a little meme, yeah. About how Black Lives Matter is a terrorist, terrorist group. Yep. And guess what? Everyone jumps on it. And what's crazy with no information to no, back that none. up. And you don't, like, you don't none. need it to set you off that it. energy or that, yeah. excuse me, that emotion. Yeah. It doesn't um, have to have, uh, it doesn't have to have any, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't have to have any, 
uh, source. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to have any of that. It's just going to be a picture with a big words on it to incite in emotion. Right. And problems that we all jump into it, we feed mm -hmm. into it. And mm -hmm. both sides are very victims of it. And that's the problem I think we have. And I don't think it's going to get any better, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that. It's yeah. not going to get any better. Savannah doesn't think it's going to get any better. Let's go to right, our yeah. uh, next break. We will be right back on the seizure room. If you finish your adult beverage, which Savannah looks like he's close to doing. Um, <laughs> I love seizures. Yeah, seizures are the best. Yeah. Um, uh, go get one and then come back and we're going to have a, a wonderful uh, last portion of our episode. Welcome, my friends, our followers, back to the seizure room. Uh, we are in our last portion and last segment uh, of this fabulous episode with our producer, Savannah. Um, I don't know if it's a fabulous episode, Cole. I think it's just one of those, we didn't have a guest, and so he threw me in front of him. You know, <laughs> hey. It's a bonus episode. Oh, no. I, I mean, it's a bonus episode, but I still wanted to have you on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I'm no Jeffrey Lord. Oh, well, there no, no. no one's like Jeffrey Lord. No, no, no. And even if he was here or I had him on the phone, if no. I said that, he'd be like, you are darn right, Cole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, jump into yeah. some very direct questions. Uh, 2020 election. Yeah. Your prediction for Pennsylvania and for the result nationally yeah. what do you think where are you at because i know that you're a very middle of the road voter i am um yeah. and i i think that's a very interesting perspective that i just want to hear what you think's going to happen yeah no i mean as when i was young i was very much uh blue mm -hmm. democrat i would vote for anyone democrat pro clinton you know very much obama um and as i got older uh i started to mature a little bit. And as I worked in technology, I started understanding, you know, just kind of how the, you know, as people call it the mainstream media, how they control the narrative. Yeah. And, and in truth be told, the mainstream media does control the narrative. Uh, there are certain people in power that likes to control what we hear and what we say, um, excuse me, what we hear and what we do. Um, whether it's liberal or, or, or conservative, um, I think both sides are very, uh, powerful in, in, in that. But as I got older, I, I started kind of doing a little more of my own research on, you know, what fits my specific liking. Um, so to your point and to your question, what do I think for this 2020? I don't think it's going to be easy for the Democrats. Mm. I will be honest with you. And I, I kind of call it, I look at it from a spectrum of, of, of a lens of a, of a technologist and how social media is applied. I think, A, I think people are very tired of COVID. Mm. Just going to be quite honest with you. Um, I take it seriously. I think majority of people take it seriously, but I think we've got to a point now where if we look at numbers, we start looking at, um, and I think this is what Americans are great at and what we're also weak at. Uh, Americans are great at individ individualistic- Individuality. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. I think that's what makes our country and our fabric of our country great. Yeah. It's also a flaw of ours. Um, you know, when you look at other countries like Italy, uh, I don't want to throw China as a communist country, but like other countries like Italy, for instance, is Italy. Um, there's a social fabric where if the government says this is a pandemic, we all need to do this together. People tend to kind of 
look out for each other's neighbors. Because it is. Because we're it is. still yeah, in a global I know. pandemic. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. We're in America. And just to let everyone know, we are socially distant at we're this six table. Feet apart. We are six feet yeah, apart. The camera yeah. may not show it, show yeah. it, do it justice, but this table is socially distant. Yeah, I know people don't think we are, but we are. We're six feet apart. I've, I've actually carefully made sure that we were. Um, but it's a wide length, wide angle lens. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think COVID is not going to help the Democrats. And I think and this I, year or in the future. I think both. Mm. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm no, I'm not Nostradamus. I, I can't predict the future. I was very wrong about Hillary. So, I mean, I, I mean, we all were. Yeah. Let's just we um, all were. Yeah, I, I do. I think that President Trump um, has dug himself a grave that he can't get out of. Um, so, I think there's already kind of this uh, wave of momentum, both Democrats and Republicans, that just don't that won't vote for him. Um, it doesn't matter if, what they think. And not even just with COVID. I yeah, just I think because just of, in general. In general. In general I think, what, yeah. yeah. They think it's just, just a, a mistrust of, of him as a leader of our country. Um, but I think down ballot, you know, going down to everything from attorney general to Congress, I think there's going to be, a, you know, the Republicans will do well. Head. I think mm-hmm. they're going to do well. Um, I think economy, at the, at the end of the day, is... <laughs> Economics plays a big part, and I think majority of uh, of our votes. Yeah. You know, um, it's as as young voters, we are very idealistic, and we, we want to vote for what's right and what's good. But as you get older, you vote for how much money I can you know have, and if, if am I going to be comfortable um, paying mm-hmm. my bills, uh, having a job, and I think COVID. If anything, and I understand that the first two months of COVID, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. And we were all very careful. We were all wearing our masks or not even wearing our masks. We was all not locked going out, in, locked right. in. Yeah. And then as we started understanding what this was and what it is, I mean, it's not going to be a popular thing to say, but truth be told, I mean, yes, there are people who are dying and I'm not trying to diminish that. But a lot of people die from a lot of things. Um, and what we're what I've seen and what I've talked to a lot of people is like, you know, how many people really can say they've known someone that died from COVID that was healthy, that was just that caught them by off by surprise. Right. You know, like cancer does that. Like cancer right. catches people that you don't expect. But, but, I mean, go ahead. but, but let me push back a little. Yeah, so yeah. like I think one of the main issues is that we haven't been, we don't have a vaccine to COVID. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. So, so the the spread, however, at a point in time, slow or fast, we don't have a solid preventative measure to combat this virus other than wearing masks and being socially distant. So, so what, what would you say to that? Well, I I think, I think wearing masks is going to be just a common part of our lives moving forward, even post COVID, post vaccine. Even when they say it's okay. Yeah, I think, we're more, I think it's just going to be just, we're just going to be acceptable. People are going to, not yeah. everyone's going to do it, but I think you're going to see it a lot more often than, than normal. Kind of like how in Asia and China, people wear masks all the time when they're in airports um, because they've gone through this kind of crap before. Um, but having said that, uh, I think economics in the downturn of our economy tanking and people losing jobs and businesses going under and restaurants not being able to survive um, at the end of the day is going to be a determination for a lot of people who might have been in middle of the road Mm. to vote maybe not for trump because i think again i I think he's just kind of dug his own hole but prior to covid i think yeah, yeah 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 but i think people will vote republican and i'm just being honest for 
other senators and stuff that you know that they it's and it's going to be a, a referendum towards mm. uh the democrats because i mean i uh, and i love joe biden and Do I, love, you? I, I love biden harris second i mean i mean truth be told i'm going to vote for them yeah uh, but you love them I love, I do. I think he's, I think he's a good choice. <laughs> and I know it's going to come off. Everyone's looking at me and go, oh, he wasn't really confident about that answer. Um, truthfully, you know, was he the best choice for mm. the Democratic ticket? Mm. No, he's not. I mean, and this is the part that bothers me that, you know, at a country of how many million people in the United States, these are the two best candidates we have. Um, I like Kamala a lot, I, but I'm not as progressive as you. You know, I think. Well, well I think, and, and, and I think Kamala has, I don't think they showcase her progressivism enough. I mean, she is yeah. she's teamed up with on legislation with Bernie in, yeah. in the Senate and such. But this 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 campaign doesn't showcase that, which I think is going to hurt them with the younger progressive yeah, uh, voters. But that's very interesting that, you know, you say I love I do. I think, I think I think well, look, you have a strong, independent black woman a woman of color, mm -hmm. um, which is what we need. And I think she's intelligent, super intelligent. I think she's feisty. She's, you know, she's the, the, she's the, the really, she's the opposite of Donald Trump in the sense that, I mean, everything about her is the opposite of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, she is strong. Um, she, she might not, she's not going to be crass, but she can hold her own. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, this is where our country has experienced the last four years. We're okay with that now. Whether we like it or not, we are okay with now being bullies. I mean, mm. if you vote for Donald Trump, you are okay with bullies. So don't give right. me this that you're not okay with that. You're okay with bullies. That's what Democrats need. Are you saying Kamala's a bully? bully? Oh, I think she can be a bully. And I think we need that. I hate mm. to say that. But I think we need that. Because Joe, truth be told, I think looks doesn't look very... It's, you know, and again, I think it's COVID. It's not helping this. Mm. Being... In his basement, holding his rallies virtually um, with a mask on, mm -hmm. just gives you an impression of weakness. Is it weakness, or is it is it is it responsible leadership? I understand that, but we live in a TikTok generation where bait, clickbait, and two second videos is, mm. is what everybody look at everyone looks at. And all they need to do is see a, a, a visual of your potential leader mm -hmm. in a mask, you know, and they call him Sleepy Joe. But and I am sorry I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. Uh the so I I actually really hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and to it's a, marketing. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I agree with you yeah. on in when it comes to a marketing standpoint. But when it comes to being a stark contrast from Donald Trump. Yeah. I think that's what Joe Biden has to do, you know, to show people not only do you have to mask up, but yeah. at this point in time, you've got to stay socially distant from people instead of Trump holding these big rallies. And let me just be clear to our audience. I am not the biggest Joe Biden fan. I'll, just to be very straightforward, in the primary, I supported Elizabeth Warren. And then when she dropped out, I supported Bernie Sanders. But I will be voting for Joe Biden uh, because I'm voting for Supreme Court justices. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. voting for things that maybe people don't usually think of. So I just want to be straightforward in that this isn't a love fest for me saying this. But I will say that one thing Biden, I think, has strived to do 
is show such a stark contrast of leadership styles. One that I, in my opinion, even though it may be gravitas and to have these grand rallies and, you know, and that's great, but you have people when you hold those rallies, like Herman Cain, die from them. I get it. So yeah, I I get it. I get it. Um, And again, I go back to my statement that Americans don't care. Mm. We are Mm. unempathetic. Here's the thing. If we were empathetic to people dying, even though that's what the right will say, it's, you know, pro-life and everything. Yeah. All life matter. Yeah. But at the end of the day, really, it's not my life that matters. Yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. People's life really mattered. Second Amendment and guns, we'd have laws about that, you know, but Second Amendment, I'm not saying Second Amendment should ever be abolished. I think it's very important. But we would have common sense gun laws. We would have, you know, a lot of things that are common sense to help curb violence and death. Right. But truthfully, at the end of the day, it's about our individual liberties. And damn be everyone else. So, yeah, Herman Cain died. I'm not trying to diminish that, but no one gives a shit at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Th- that side doesn't give a shit. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's, as long as I don't die, I don't give a shit. It's interesting. And really, that's interesting you brought up to. the amendments, too, because I saw even recently right. we had protesters right. on you can make the argument of whether they were being peaceful or not, which actually I know a few of them and I know them personally. And I I, I will personally, personally vouch yeah. my life that though some of those individuals were peaceful and being medics uh, towards people at the protest, but they were arrested and had a $1 million bail. Well, I know, I saw that. Yeah. A $1 million bail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to one of your points that you made. You know, if you want to spout this all lives matter crap at me, and if you want to spout, you know, oh, the second amendment rights and amendment, 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 amendment. Well, what about the eighth amendment? You know, people are pick cherry picking. It's cherry picking. It is yeah, cherry, cherry picking. picking. I mean, and that's just, it's yeah. let's call it out for what it is. It's cherry frustrating. Oh it's like it's like religion. I mean, like, and I'm, I'm very, I'm a very religious person. I go to church. I mean, I'm, I'm on a staff of a church, yeah. um, and I, nothing drives me no mad than you know when people use religion as their, as their as their shield for pushing a cause, you know, it's, but they're cherry picking, they're picking one thing, but you don't want to read the rest of it. It's like, you know, this, that the rest of it doesn't fit my narrative. So I'm not gonna really use it, but this one specifically does. And I'm going to, I'm going to drive it. Um, and that bothers me. Mm. I mean, it's like, yeah, I want to be pro gun, pro second amendment, but, uh, damn the rest of the constitution. Mm. I really don't know. Anymore. I don't care about the eighth amendment or anything else or the first amendment, the freedom of the press. I don't really care about that because it doesn't conveniently fit my, right. my, narrative right. you know i mean look this one makes our country great it also like i said makes our country messed up yeah you know i mean and this is where social media kind of plays in that it drives us to divide us i mean it drives to divide mm-hmm. and we are now on teams for better or worse we are red or blue and we don't we can't most of us I, I want to take this back. I mean, I think when we actually, this is the point of why I kind of wanted to help with the Cedar Room and produce it, because I really wanted to give an opportunity for people to see true adults sit in front of each other. And yes, we had some polarizing characters at the very beginning, but we've had people like Jeffrey Lord, and we have a lot of other guests coming moving forward mm-hmm. who are opposite of what you think, because we don't want to live in a bubble um, mm-hmm. where we can't share ideas with each other, where we can't actually have 
adult-like debates yep. where we have to troll and create memes <coughs> and try to incite and try to divide. Because I think our country is great. Uh, I think, I mean, this is, it's the greatest country in the world. And I think we can be as human beings, human beings. Mm. Um, but uh, truthfully, I mean, mm. I, and, I, and I say this because I'm the drug dealer dealing with drug as a social media person. Um, lay off the Twitter, lay off the Facebook. Mm. And I even say this to you, Cole, because I, I say this a lot to you. It's like when certain people troll you, ignore it because mm -hmm. they feed off that shit mm -hmm. they feed off it like they really get off on that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i'm telling you the people who are watching this too if someone does it really does it hurt you to not to ignore it mm. i think it depends what's being said <laughs> i, I get and it because get it. because there are some things that are said that it you know it goes to the point of silence is compliant uh, compliance so like I, I i agree you don't have to answer everything and i'm with you on that yeah. but there are some things that you know, since, as we talked about social yeah. media, social media is a place that people, everyone can see everything. Yeah. You got to stand your ground and you got to stand up. For I, things. I agree. But I think you got to pick and choose your battles. Absolutely. I think yeah. spend your energy on doing stuff like this. Yeah. Which can, we are. Which, which is a big megaphone to help create some unity, push out your cause. Rather than going on a, on a thread and, you know, maybe only maybe 20 people are going to say it or 30 or 400, whatever. I don't know. Um, so that certain person can get their rocks off because mm -hmm. they're going to put out the most incendiary, insightful. Absolutely. Because in, in, yeah. that's what turns them on. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, are you really going to change their mind? No, no, you're not. You know that. You know that. You're never going to change yeah. that one gentleman's yeah. mind. Or but see, I'm not looking to. Like, that's the, I'm not looking to. I'm looking to. Uh, change the minds or give a different perspective to the people who are there to yeah. hear uh, a, maybe a yeah. different perspective. And uh, we may agree to disagree at the end of the day, but we still respect <laughs> each other. Uh, and it that, is. And that, I, I think yeah. that's what the seed room is about. Is exactly. We, always, we talk about respect. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm the producer of the show and even you and I don't see eye to eye on things. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. That is part that of is okay. being an adult. Um, and I think it's the problem with social media is that we've got ourselves so locked into this phone. And we, I mean, look, let's all be honest with ourselves. What do you do first thing you wake up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. This. Right. On the, I'm What's the last thing you do like, before you go to bed? Scrolling right. Facebook. Yeah. I even take a crap with this thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I admit it. I, I do the same thing. And I know 99% of you are the same yeah. way. Yeah. So don't give me the shit like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, this thing I love it, love it to death. I also hate it. Mm. I mean, I took the first step of removing myself. I will never remove myself from Facebook, mm. but I took Facebook off my phone just so I don't have easy access to it, so I don't get notified of anything. Mm. It's good. It's also bad because I don't know what the hell's going on in the world. <laughs> like, really? I have no, like, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that the riots were going on in Lancaster until like yesterday. I was like, there was Lancaster, really? riots in Lancaster? Because I'm not on Facebook anymore. Mm. I, I, I'm not, I just don't have easy access to the information. And so, easy access is what it's about. Yeah, we so, we anyways. we are we are running out of time here. Uh, but um, I I want a name when I ask this question. Yeah. a name. Don't don't get don't go into like I know it's going to be tempting to yeah. go into the why, but I I just want to hear what you have to say. Election is in like forty some days. Yeah, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Hmm. Uh, you're not going to like this. I think Donald Trump's going to win. Okay. 
Yeah. And that, and there you have it. That yeah. is our producer's uh, opinion, and we we accept. Sorry, you're not allowed to hate me. I hope I'm hoping wrong. Trust me, I'm wrong. <laughs> but we accept yeah, all different yeah, opinions yeah. here at the Seizure yeah. Room, and uh, we are going to be back with some incredible guests, some amazing episodes, some amazing conversation. Uh, I'm excited for next week. Not going to show our hand I'm there, about it too. but yeah. I'm really excited for next week. Uh, and as we say here at the Seizure Room, Seager we'll see you later. later. No, don't touch. Cause don't touch. Yeah, social, di- yep, social distancing. <laughs> but we'll see you later. See you later. Cheers.